You, you know, I, I have a couple more things to ask you about. Um, See if one I have of them, an answer. Well, you, I know you always have an answer. That's why. That's why we do these. <laughs> we'll see if I have an informed answer. <laughs> Welcome to C Lab, the customer education laboratory, where we explore how to build customer education programs, experiment with new approaches, and exterminate the myths and bad advice that stop growth dead in its tracks. I'm Adam Evermescu. And I am Dave Darrington. And we are talking to you on Juneteenth, actually a very important holiday. From that heavy note, let's talk about customer education. This today will be a mini, and occasionally we're just going to pick a topic and we're going to go off the cuff with it and shoot from the hip, talk about what we think, and, uh, and encourage you to think as well. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today, Adam? So today we are going to talk about sharing content and all of the uh, risks that come with that. Cool. And by sharing content, if, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, that is, hey, I might have a customer who is maybe an enterprise in a really big account that says, I have a, my own learning management system, my engagement and enablement system, and I want you to give me SCORM files and videos and stuff like that. Um, maybe even sharing with other teams in the company, right? Yeah, um, it's you know it's going to be a pretty common ask a lot of the times as you're working with enterprise customers that they don't necessarily just want to access your content through a self-serve learning center or um, however you might be delivering content to them piecemeal, but they actually um, want you to hand over your assets to them so they can store it in their LMS or some other way that they're using to deliver content to their, their learners. Right, and... I don't know about you, but every time I get this ask, and I've had it a number of times, I get uh, the heebie-jeebies, if that's a legit thing, where, so I go, okay, well, what is it you're trying to get from me? And the, and the ask, I, I had actually a really great discussion with a customer very recently about this, and uh, one of my customers said, hey, you know, I've got to ask you this, can I get SCORM files or videos and put them in my system? And I go, well, let's talk about this. Why would you want to do that? And the common, I, I think the trend underneath that is, one, it's simpler. It's easier for, for a customer to have my content. Uh, but more than that, they need to ensure that their teams that they're working to onboard and get to adopt your product are all checking the boxes, right? Everybody's doing the training. We get a report. We know, hey, 100% of my team has gone through the training and they got 100% on the test. Um how do you feel about these kinds of ask, Adam? So when I think about this, I, th I think about a few things. One is, you know, I, I always want to provide customers with the best experience possible, but sometimes what the customer right. is asking for isn't necessarily um, what's going to be best in the long term. So, you know, the moment that you hand over content for a customer, you're almost inviting a question about who is now signing up to maintain that content. And especially for products that change quickly, like a lot of the software companies that, that many of us work in, um, you know, is, is the customer now going to take responsibility for updating what you've handed over? Um, or is the expectation set now that you're going to continually be handing over content every time you update it on, on your end? And for anyone who single sources content across um, even formats, internally, you know how challenging this is, much less uh, doing yeah. it on the customer side. Yeah. 
it takes a lot. Um, I can tell you some stories, and one of them was internal, where I was being asked to send some SCORM files over, and and there were a lot of them. And that was going to take me a, a good portion of the day, plus I'll have to build context, plus I know I'll have to troubleshoot. And then when I do send them, I, I end up do and end up actually troubleshooting for real. Um, it's not easy. And here's my approach about this. I'm always going to ask why. And what, what is it that you, what problem do you want me to solve? How do we want me to help you? Um, but then I'm always going to come up back, and this is my standard. I'm going to come back with a price tag. This is a scope of work. This is time and materials. It's going, and if I have a customer ask me for this, I will assume that long term we have to support it. The first thing I always talk to a customer about is, okay, great. It's not that we can't do that, but here's the limitations. And just ticking off on my fingers, number one is content gets out of date. Somebody has to manage it. Um, we, ha we have to troubleshoot. You know, there's three hot things right there, and there's going to be a lot of time in that. And usually what I do is set a sufficient price tag on an annual uh, basis. And, you know, it could be in excess of $15,000, dollars $25,000. It's a lot of work, and sometimes you, they may ask you, they being a customer, may ask you for something custom, which this is time and materials. This is going to take. So basically my approach is, well, we can do that, but if you want, I actually have a SKU, uh, a code in, in my for my sales team to say, okay, we can buy that, but this package will cost you this much, and this is how much it will go. That usually kills the conversation. Yeah, a lot of the time people are asking for it because it seems abstractly like a good idea, but they're not necessarily willing to uh, put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you really have to consider from a contract perspective there, you know, whether you are doing it as a SKU and, you know, they're just kind of buying this this customization off the shelf or whether you're doing, um, you know, a statement of work around it is that there are legal implications to sharing your content. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the time you might end up running into intellectual property issues uh, regarded, re regarding who actually owns the content, even if you've already you know, shared it with customers. So, you know, it's, it's still your intellectual property in a lot of cases. Um, you know, you did the work behind it. You figured out what the best way to train someone on your product or on your subject matter is. Um, and even if you customize that uh, to another company's look and feel, or maybe gave them some specifics about what their implementation might look like. Um, you're not necessarily saying that they now own all of the intellectual property around the, the content that you just gave them. So it's one of those things where before you just start doing this, um, you know, willy nilly, it's really important to talk to your legal team too, about what the, what the implications are going to be. Yeah. And, and you also have to think about that. And I've done this exact thing, Adam, and I'm glad you brought up the legal portion of it. It takes a while to build what I would call like a, an initial contract for that. Uh, it's kind of like an NDA where what I did is went, and this was a gain site and I've gone elsewhere with this. That's a, that's a uh, non-disclosure agreement for those of you. Yeah, non-disclosure agreement. Uh, something similar to that. I'll have a, have a contract and basically the highlights of that are, you know, you recognize that this is our IP, but even further, one of the things in there that I found in, in reality is, um, and this has been a long time back, and I don't remember the customer, nor would I share that with you. I found some of my content floating out on the Internet. And that is, well, number one, it's my IP. Number two, it was out of date by a lot. Um, and number three, because it's out of date, people are getting the, the, people were actually using that. And this happens for companies that 
I've seen other companies say, oh, I'm going to build my own training around your product. Nothing I can do to stop that. But if, if we aren't in a partnership with our customers around education and have an obvious conversation about that, some customers may go off and say, no, I want this. I, I forget you. I'm just going to build my own training. And then you have other problems. Um, so that legal agreement is, is really super important because it sets the stage. Now, to prepare for that, if you do get into this some kind of contractual obligation, you also need to make sure that you have the staff and the team to be able to support it. So basically, out of the box, I'm saying, no, I'm, I understand what you need. I'm, please use our materials. If you can't, here's, here's the things we have to do. So with the legal agreement and everything, it really slows it down, and a lot of people say, no, that's not worth it. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you're talking, say, startup to startup, this feels a little more informal, right? You're not necessarily asking for all the long-term implications. You know, someone's just saying, hey, I like that deck that you uh, showed me. Can you can you send it to me? And, you know, like sometimes you have to be practical about this. Like if you're, if you're just two startups sharing uh, training decks with one another, then, you know, there's there's no reason that you couldn't, you know, PDF it up and put a watermark on it. Um, just to be able to share that content, but you still have to be able to set expectations that that's the version that they get. And, you know, if the content gets updated, you're not automatically going to send it to them. So when you start doing this in a, in a more structured way um, and you actually start, like, let's say you have an online learning center and you have uh, a body of content that's going to get updated over time. And now you have enterprise customers who are asking for you to share it. I mean, yes, you could set expectations around how often you're going to send updated content to them um, and how that's going to be tracked and what the expectations are around um, IP and reuse and all that good stuff. Right. But um, you also have to think about, like, with that, with that content, how do you package it up in a way where, you know, theoretically you can still, you, you can make this easier for the customer by by continuing to host it yourself. So a lot of online learning platforms now and customer learning platforms, they give you the ability to uh, filter content by client. So you could produce in effect, uh, you know, custom learning portals for each client. Some of them even offer the ability to do different subdomains uh, on your online learning center for specific customers. And again, even if that's something that you're charging for, um, it gives you a little bit more control over the content and access to it. And a lot of customers do that, or companies do that, with uh, their learning subscriptions. So you, as the customer, get this kind of uh, online learning passport to the company's content. Yeah, and that's actually cool. I love what I'm seeing now with this trend in LMSs providing like subdomains and uh, customer portals because I can. That's super powerful. Um, y- you know, I, I I have a couple more things to ask you about. Um, we'll see if one I have of them. An answer. Well, you, I know you always have an answer. That's why that's why we do these. <laughs> we'll see if I have an informed answer. <laughs> um, okay. So one of them I've been thinking about, and this for any of our learning management system friends out there, if you're listening, this is a feature that I would personally like to see. Is We know we have integration points commonly to uh, CRMs like Salesforce, for example, and other, other things. But what I think would be really cool is to have a metal layer some kind of a, um, an integration that, let's say I have a customer that's using the same LMS that I have. How could we integrate so they get access to my content and then we could share the data? Because to me, I'm a very data-driven customer education person. Data is everything. 
I want to know who's gone to seen a video. What do they do the quiz? How could I work with this data? And the customer actually does too. So either that or allow me, provide me with tooling that allows a customer to export or automatically export or just see my, my analytics, their analytics, things like that, I think would be super impactful because if we could start connecting our learning management systems and sharing from a, from a systemic level, then a lot of this ask would go away because then, well, there's an opportunity for you to sell an LMS to a client and they also have that tool that they could use for their own stuff. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. Like when a customer is asking you for you to share your content, they could be asking for several different reasons. And if the point is really around them having analytics, well, you do have ways of providing that to them. Now, let's say that you have uh, all of your content being delivered in an LMS or, you know, a customer learning portal, and that is being piped into your data warehouse through some sort of data connector. Um, yeah. And you can visualize it and you can integrate it with your BI tool and all that good stuff. Well, you could um, export that on a periodic basis to your customer with the reports that they want to see. There's no reason that you can't do that. But uh, some platforms take that a step further and give you a concept of what's called a, like a, you know, a customer side admin um, or mm -hmm. you know, someone on your customer side gets access to analytics within your learning portal, but they're restricted to only see it for their user group or, or their users specifically. So yeah, and actually, then, when know, I was at Azuqua, I set this up. Uh, I was able to introspect our, our system and provide a web page that uh, a client would basically just use their credentials, log in, and they could see all of their team. And it was strikingly easy, frankly. Um, I think it's just one step away for those providers that can do that or help me automate a, an email delivery of a report or something like that that can be in a CSV file. Something like that would be great. Yeah. Um, did you did you have a second question or or was that? I do. Okay. I do. Well, we've we've been ready. talking about so we've been talking about customers and and another customer and again, this is me from a philosophical standpoint of customer education. We work with other teams internally too, usually enablement teams. Um, sometimes HR, uh, learning and development. And what I'm seeing and I've seen this everywhere is. Somebody in sales enablement, for example, somebody in sales enablement, for example, might say, hey, you know, I really want to use this content in onboarding, but we use this system internally. Can I have your stuff? And I always shudder the same way that I do because now, I mean, let's face it, customer education, we're building this product-based training, this use case training. This is great for everybody. And internally, enablement teams want this too. How do I get that to them? So uh, I'm... I'm pushing this over the fence to you and saying, Adam, have you seen this before? Have you been asked this before? And if so, how did you address it? Oh, yeah, of course. And I'm a big believer in the fact that, you know, internally, whether you're um, an account exec or a CSM or whoever you are, you should know what customers know about the product. And I'm a big advocate of encouraging uh, internal folks to take customer training as if that they as if they were customers. Now, I don't think that that necessarily needs to involve a content handoff. Um, if you can give your sales enablement people access to your LMS data, which often is a little bit easier because they also work at your company, well, then you can have internal people take the customer training in the customer LMS. They're just an internal user from your company in the customer-facing LMS, if that makes sense. Um, 
you know? So it, it gives yeah. them a little bit more empathy for the experience that the customer is going to have going through this content. And you don't have to worry as much about the IP side of it because, again, it's still your company. Um, but you do have to think about, you know, if you are going to hand off the content instead of having um, internal folks take it in your customer LMS, well, again, how are we going to do the handoff around keeping the content update? What expectations are we going to set with each other? Are we going to have an SLA for, you know, uh, every time we update the customer piece, we're also going to export it to you for the internal piece? A lot of the time it just ends up being way more straightforward to have internal people go to the customer LMS. I agree. Uh, and that's my strategy pretty much 99 times out of 100. Although I've been challenged on that lately, and that's why I'm asking you. that I've, I've worked at a couple different places, several different places that have their own internally facing um, LMS. And they go, well, I've got to put it here because it's the same aspect I have from customers. I need to track this information. And I understand that. But my first inclination is to say, why, why can't I make you give you access to our customer facing system? And then you can bring all the data and analytics and, and just use that. Or again, I used to work at Azuqua, but there's tools like Mercado and Zapier and stuff where you can automatically bring that data back in or even better use a data warehouse internally. So all that data is accessible by everybody. And that's really the bottom line, right? You can still have your internal, like a sales enablement platform or a customer success enablement platform. Um, but it's different from your onboarding or from my customer education platform. It doesn't have to be. But I get really passionate about this because I feel like, and, and again, I'm, I'm speaking to all of you in, our, in the field out there. I feel like we as customer education people are kind of the fountainhead, the source of the river for a lot of content that's being asked of. And enablement programs internally or HR teams internally have a different lens of that, but they all tend to want our content from the product basis. Like, how do we use this tool? And then they accentuate that or embellish upon that with other things. For example, if I'm in customer success enablement, well, okay, product aside, what are the other things they're teaching? That's not us, right? That's not our job per se. Um, well, but that's just yeah. my take on it. it well, and, and you, can, you can architect this from a content standpoint too, right? If their assignment in the sales enablement LMS is to go watch, uh, you know, or, or complete a learning path in the customer LMS, then come back and answer some questions about it. Mm -hmm. Well, then they still have access to basically to the same data that they were looking for in the first place in a lot of cases. So part of yeah. it, again, is asking them, you know, what, what data they're really looking for. And when you start talking about putting it in um, a data warehouse, which is a different option, or building some sort of uh, data integration, it's certainly possible. Um, but I think it also just becomes a bit of a negotiation, whether you're handing off content or whether they're, they're building content around your content or whether it's all going mm -hmm. into a data warehouse, someone is doing extra work to make that happen. And not everyone has the time or the prioritization to be able to make that work happen. So honestly, I mean, that's part of the, the conversation I think to have up front is, you know, we, we obviously both want this content. We both want this to happen. We both see the value in having, um, you know, whichever team you're working with enabled on these same things. But when we think about the amount of work that it's going to take and the amount of effort um, and the amount of coordination, both to set it up and ongoing, well, let's really have a discussion about what the best solution, maybe short, medium, and long-term is. Yeah. And because you're internal, you can have those conversations and hopefully they're good ones. Yeah. I mean, if you have good partners uh, cross-functionally, which, you know, I, I hope that any customer education leader does, then 
yeah, you should be in a good position to, to have those, those conversations. And usually, I mean, I, I've been in a position where we're, we're always good friends with other enablement teams. Like we're not, yeah, we're not totally. oppositional with them. You know, we're, we're truly collaborators because a lot of the time when you're talking to sales enablement or internal L and D or other learning people at the company, um, you can become friends just by dint of speaking the same language because we all spend so much time in our businesses talking to others who don't come from a learning background. So a lot of the time it's, it's a you know, <laughs> good to have that community anyway. <laughs> if we're, we're finding the others, we're all customer educators, right? Yeah. We're, we're our own customers. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap this mini episode up, Dave. All right. Well, in the spirit of keeping it short, you know, we, we've given you a, a few things to talk about, about sharing with others, sharing with other teams, customers, you know, they're, they're going to ask you, they're going to ask for this. Or our advice is uh, put some gates up uh, and basically it's expectation setting. The conversation you should have with any customer is why do you, are you asking for that? Which is usually going to be, Hey, this is for reporting and, and making sure my team is accepting it. And commonly what I do, what we do Set a, set a high bar, make, put a price tag on it, and if somebody really wants it, give it to them. But make sure that you're prepared to support it. Uh, but try to steer your customers towards using, if you have an LMS with a portal that they can access data, or have, make it a basic agreement to give them reports. So I think yeah, we, we beat that out. You know, Consider the legal applications or legal implications as well. Um, and Adam? Well, and I guess the one other point is, you know, sharing internally, you obviously have a little bit more access to the people that you're, you're working with. And again, you know, being able to talk that out and talk about your, your short, medium and long-term plan and how much effort it's going to take from either of your teams, as well as from business systems or whoever would be integrating data, uh, you got to know how to work together on that. And um, if you can align on what makes sense now and what makes sense in the future, then you'll be heading in the right direction. Absolutely. So it sounds good. This was great for a nice mini episode. Yeah. So if you want to learn more, yeah. Um, now if you want to learn more, we have a podcast website at customer.education. Make it really easy. There you can find our show notes and other material. And please, please, if you found this valuable, uh, I know that I've gotten some feedback from, from listeners who've said, hey, I'm sharing this with all my team and I make it a requirement for them to listen. Uh, that is awesome. We are humbled by that. Thank you so much. But please just share with others. If you know customer success teams that really need this, director of customer success, leadership, uh, I, I, I know, Adam, we, we feel that some stuff that said, hey, my CEO is listening to the podcast now, and that blew me away. Well, if you're a CEO listening to this podcast, I hope you will take a bit of time out of your day to give us a five-star review as well. Absolutely. All right. And as usual, um, on Twitter, I'm at Dave Darrington. And I'm at Avermescu. And to our audience, thanks for joining us. Go out and educate, experiment, and find your people. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.